This week on the Picture Line podcast, we're talking to Utah-based landscape photographer Christine Kenyon. Kenyon was named one of Nikon's 100 photographers to watch. She talks about what brought her back to photography after many years away from it, what it takes to have a fresh perspective on familiar scenes, and some of her favorite gear. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on to the show. My guest this week on the Picture Line podcast is a Utah-based landscape photographer. She was named as one of Nikon's top 100 photographers to watch, and her name is Christine Kenyon. Christine, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be here. We're so happy to have you. You are here right after you just had a takeover uh, on our Instagram, at Picture Line, uh, that you kind of took over for a few days for us uh, at the time of this recording. By the time uh, people are listening to us, it'll, it'll be a few weeks out at least. Um, but you're, anyone is welcome to go check that out because you you did kind of an extraordinary job with that. You uh, you posted these these really incredible images from all around Utah and Colorado, and then you also um, sort of talked about your process a little bit and gave some advice. And that's something you do on your own Instagram as well, right? Oh, that absolutely. You, yeah. I, I kind of consider. I mean, that's what I'm moving into. I want to share share the love, share the knowledge with people, so that try to build people's confidence through knowledge so that they're eager to get out there and try new things. Mm-hmm. So how did you arrive at that? Well, let me back up. How did you get started in photography? What started you on this path? Well, I'll try to make this really condensed, but my dad was the chief of the Office of Photography for the Smithsonian Institution. Oh, wow. Okay. So I can't say that I came by. It's like it, it's like I grew up with photography. Yeah. And so um, I basically was taking pictures probably from the time I was in elementary school. And I was always the one, like if there was like a little newspaper or something, I was the one with a little camera taking pictures. And then by the time I was in junior high school, I was entering adult international competitions and actually wow. winning, which was surprising. So um, the PSA Journal, the Photographic Society of America, they asked me to come up to Philadelphia when I was 14 and do this interview for their their big feature. So that was kind of exciting. And then I did the yearbook in high school. And then I turned to, I wanted to be a lead singer and songwriter in a rock band. So that pulled me away from photography. And then then I kept, of course, you always want to take pictures. So... Hmm. Um, years later in public relations firm, people found out I took pictures, so I did Capitol Hill. I've been to the White House and taken multiple presidents, um, and then moved to Utah, I guess, about 11 and a half years ago, running my own public relations firm. And then suddenly I sort of thought, you know, you just you get to a point where you feel like my roots are truly creative. It's like I can do other things, but... Mm-hmm. It keeps calling. So um, about 18 months ago, I said, you know what? I just have to go do this thing. You know, wow. I don't want to be old and going, oh, I wish I had. Yeah. So that's kind of what I've been pursuing. So it's been about 18 months that I've been pursuing being a professional photographer. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. And talk a little bit more about the decision to, to finally go into that. Something that you've, you know, it was not a, a revelation that you discovered photography, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, for having so much of a history with it. So what... Kind of talk a little bit more about that decision to, because did you did you leave your your day job? Well, I mean, I've had my own business, so I work from home. I've been uh, self-employed for many years, but um, no, it was just, you know, I, I was I was comfortable in what I was doing. Um, Almost too much so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sort of like to shake things up now and then. You just I think everybody gets that. And so I just felt like, you know, time is marching on. 
and there's and I, I I have a forerunner and I'm driving with my dogs. I've got two Labrador retrievers, so I'm zooming around all over anyway, taking pictures. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I would really like to just dip my toe in this pool. And, you know, with the background of my ha- I had, and then my father passed away in 11, which was a, a real big, he was, it was very sudden, and it was a very big impact on my life. And he was a, a teacher after he left the Smithsonian. He taught many, many people in the Washington, D.C. area, which is where I'm from, and had such a profound impact on people's lives, as I found out when we went back for his tribute, mm-hmm. that I thought, wouldn't that be incredible to take what he's taught me and turn around and share that with other people. Yeah. But of course, if I needed to, to get you know after if you haven't been doing this regularly, I'm not going to be, um, you know, so full of myself as to think that whatever I learned years ago that all of a sudden I hang up a shingle. Hey, I'm going to start teaching you photography. Right. So I felt like I've got to get back into this. I've got to really, you know, manage the social media aspect of it. And that's what I've really been doing for for I would say out of the 18 months a full year of it has just been getting that whole campaign going yeah you, know? you are you, you talk about having this this sort of more journalism background and and uh, shooting presidents and, and things like that uh, when did landscape photography first of all would you consider yourself a landscape photographer I'm glad you asked that um, you know it's interesting I would say no I actually okay. don't list myself that. The reason is, if you were to see the body of work, I guess, if you can call it going all the way back to when I was entering competitions and all, it's varied. Okay. But I would say the bulk of it would be that, just because I love nature and I love being outdoors. So that's where I find myself. But I have, goodness, a whole, you know, in mostly black and white, because I printed and did, you know, darkroom and all that for years. Um, but I would say that I ha- it's quite a diverse um portfolio but so I don't want to pigeonhole myself because I guess I don't know where I'll be going with it right but but I would say there will always be a landscape component and just briefly that comes from my dad because my dad ran these workshops out to the west that we drove by the way which was like really arduous but (laughs) I was a kid I was a teenager and I was like the kid along with the adults where the parent you know my dad's saying don't act like a child you know and so um, I went out and I like I saw the Tetons for the first time and Jenny Lake and and Utah with arches, and I just couldn't believe it. And so even living here was inspired by my dad because I vowed at that point, I've got to move this to this place, you know. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, the bulk of it is is obviously uh, landscape, I think, if you looked at it, but I just don't want to, you know, pigeonhole myself yeah. there. You know, we've had a couple of, uh, up to this point in recording this podcast, we've had a couple of people who consider themselves educators on some level. Some are just people who photo- who shoot pictures and will teach other people as they go. Others have, you know, entire lecture circuits that they set Mm -hmm. up and go around talking to other people. And I'm always interested in what parts of photography um, you feel personally as a, as an educator, as a photographer are the most important to communicate. Is it the more technical, okay, what sort of lens and setup do I need to accomplish this kind of shot? Or is it more philosophical? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you trying to express through this picture? Which, you know, how do those things play into uh, your teaching method, your education? This is such a Washington, D.C. answer. I would say all of the above. Okay. <laughs> right? No, it's true. Which is, I don't think that's wrong. No, it's true. You know? It's actually, but but I do agree. I don't, I guess I would say this. There are a lot of people who emphasize, and, and, there's, and, there, and again, what's wonderful is there's a niche for everyone. Mm-hmm. But so there are the hardcore 
just strictly the mechanical, mm -hmm. the technical. Um, I really also like to give people through, I try to do a photo tip with every Instagram post. Mm -hmm. So I want people to be present in the moment. I would have to say if there's a, a theme that I have, it would be that when you're shooting, First of all, enjoy your personal experience doing it. Sure, so yeah. many I've seen so many people. I mean, you know, I'll be like in Yellowstone, and there will be a busload of people pull up. They get out. It's they snap that iconic picture, and they're back on the bus. Right. I'm like, did you even breathe the air? I don't know. <laughs> so to me, it is extremely important to tell people that while you're trying to do this and while you're trying to, you know, hit uh, explore on Instagram, you know, sure. also just enjoy the moment, take it in. And also when you do that, you'll find yourself moving around the scene. And I think it's so important to encourage people, sure, take the bucket list shot, but then look for your own angle, look for your own vision of that place so that you can come back with something else. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's both. I mean, clearly people so far are starting to look to me for the technical, mm -hmm. but I wanna couple that with, you know, really look. My, my dad had this thing, it sounds like a Chinese proverb, but he said it's many people look, but few people see. Mm -hmm. I doubt if he made that up, but I just grew up with that. And it is so true because looking is like I looked around. Seeing is deep. It's like what did you see at that location and what did you did you bring home what you saw? Or even in terms of color, uh, Galen Rowell used to say that you you need to actually really learn to see color because you don't realize how far off your vision of what you actually saw is when you go to process. So he would actually, and of course he was in the film age, but he would look at a scene and he would, and he didn't have an iPhone to like cheat, right? <laughs> so he would look at a scene and he tried to get very, very good at mentally capturing the color content so that when he went to print, he could, he could, you know, replicate what he saw. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's kind of a, a I'd say it's both. Yeah. You, know? you mentioned, uh, in the process of kind of setting yourself up to go in this new direction, uh, you've mentioned Instagram a couple times. Uh, what role, going from you know, fourteen-year-old uh, photographer being interviewed for these projects to where you are now? What has you have you seen any impact uh, that social media has played in in how you shoot pictures or the way you know, sort of the kind of the overall way photography is treated? Well, those are two questions, but as far as how has it impacted me, I wouldn't say it has, just because I'm kind of an independent spirit, so mm -hmm. I just sort of shoot. I'd say the only thing it's sort of affected is that you get these funky crops that sure. you have to kind of deal with. Yeah. Nah. But as far as me shooting for Instagram, I'm not, I, don't, I don't even think that way. Okay. Uh, as far as how has it affected photography, mm, that's a mixed bag. I would, I would say as far as nature goes, it's been, it's been really bad. I, read a, I don't remember who wrote this article, but... I think it was appeared on F-Stoppers. And it was a gentleman that actually made a very good case for how Instagram singly has really negatively impacted our national forests, mm -hmm. uh, or excuse me, our national parks. Um, and that what people are doing, that park rangers call them like Insta-hikers, mm. and they'll basically flash a phone at a, at a ranger, say, where can I take this picture? They mob that scene, they leave, and it's the, in fact, you know, he drew an analogy, which I think it'd be hard-pressed to prove him wrong, that the crush, it used to be that they had advertised, go to your national park, please go, you know, and now it's a crush where they have to talk about lottery systems to get in, and, mm -hmm. and it's, and it's, and when you looked, he overlaid it with where Instagram started, and it literally overlays. Oh, wow. 
uh, the surge. Now, I think on the one hand, it's wonderful because I love for people to get out and enjoy these things. I find that super important for your well-being. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we're seeing you know graffiti, vandalism, just the crush of human beings, which has to d- introduce to you now. I mean, when I went to uh, Zion, a bus system a bus to take you to maroon bells you've mm. got to be kidding so um so that that that's been disheartening um and which is which is probably why i've sort of gravitated a lot toward night photography mm-hmm. because you tend to be out there by yourself sure, yeah. although that's changing too actually mm-hmm. yeah. so um what would you describe your style as hmm um I would say it probably leans, but that's probably my my background with growing up with my dad. I would say it probably leans fine art um, in terms of the presentation of the work. Um, And I don't know if exactly that's what you were looking for. Well, what do you mean by that? What goes into uh, a fine art shot that you are seeing in your photography? I think I think um, I think it's all your perspective. so in other words, I think that there is the camp, which I love, I, I like a lot of it, where it's, it's, it's more of a mood, a vibe, a preset, a look. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have, and it tends to usually go with more the lifestyle or, you know, uh, or it, it doesn't have to be, but sort of genre oriented that you'll see. And then there would be the, where you're, you're, you're very much concentrating on the, the classical um, uh, compositional elements, and you're you're looking to work with the fine detail and post processing, and working through many different levels of editing to mm-hmm. achieve a. You know what I mean? So I I would say that I'm on that latter half. Although I love and I want to do more of that sort of look oriented, just because I think it has a real cool, fresh vibe, at least for promotion mm-hmm. and things like that. So I like it all, but I would say I lean toward a more, I guess, a more produced. Uh, image. Okay. Um, but I don't know if that's style. That's just style of of aesthetic, right. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I guess that that's kind of um, there's there's some overlap there between mm-hmm. your style and um, when you are educating, um, what is some with you know without giving away your whole lesson plan, I guess. Uh, what is some advice you that you would give to someone who is looking to get out and photograph places like Utah and Colorado and these, these different places that you've been lucky enough to see. Um, what, yeah, just what's some advice that you would give to someone kind of starting out in that field? Maybe it's something that, that you wish you had known or uh, something that, you know, you just think everyone needs to know. Oh, I would say probably, and again, this, this would be technical, but I would say know your camera know your camera, like read the manual, crack that boring two or 300 page <laughs> little book that you get. And, uh, and then, you know, YouTube is such a great resource just to kind of get the, you know, the bare bones background of, of the, but I would, I would recommend to people, and the reason I say it is because you, you want, when you, when a, when an incredible image presents itself, do you really want to say, oh, man, I almost got that. But, you know, I, I couldn't, I didn't know where to turn this knob or I didn't know my menu system. I got lost in the menu system. Yeah. So I, I think that that's actually super important because auto is not, and I'm not a person who necessarily believes you have to be in manual. I'm not a purist that, that way, but I'm definitely not an automatic. And an automatic can, can really let you down. You know, mm. where is your 
Where's your focus point? Where is your, um, you know, you want depth of field, but you don't know how to manage it because it's on, on auto? Right. Or where is your point of exposure being metered? Oh, man, Sally looked really pretty that day, although her face is black because she's a silhouette. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I, would, I would say almost begin there because then you don't want to have to think about your equipment. You want to really get that so automatic that you can really enjoy your time looking or seeing, as I said earlier, yeah. and, and moving around your scene would be the second thing. Don't get out in the first place. I heard a guy one time say, and it's just such sage advice, he said, wherever you put your tripod the first time is not the right place. Okay, wow. You know, I love yeah. it. It's great. So move around. Don't commit to a shot. Now, the only, the only place I guess I should, there's a caveat to everything, right? So if you're, if, if there's something that's just about to leave, like it's a, uh, uh, that great whale is about to like you know whatever so some epic thing in the sky yeah mm-hmm. shoot it get get that grab shot first but then wander around and and you might be surprised I have a post that I just put on Instagram recently where if I hadn't been down to pet my dog and look up I wouldn't have seen what turned out to be a pretty nice shot yeah, and I, I sort of was post. like giving myself a little slap on the back of my hand saying you should have been looking <laughs> <laughs> you know? but you so. were you know that you you did manage to get the shot because yeah. you were looking up like that yeah. what is one piece of gear uh, equipment that you just cannot leave the house without uh, when you are taking pictures well I'm a big Nikon shooter and so I love my da10 and I love Nikkor glass, and I, I would say I'm more of a zoom shooter than I am a prime, although I have some primes. Um, so yeah, I would say my DA-10, coupled with any of the Nikkor glass that I've got, is, is an amazing com- uh, you know, combination. And I've had people ask very recently, you know, uh, oh, that shot that you got, in fact, it was the one where I'm, I'm looking up, you know, the, 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 mm-hmm. uh, the shot in, in Goblin, uh, not Goblin Valley, in um, Devil's Garden. And um, he asked if it was like a 42 megapixel Sony or something I'm like, no, no, it's a Nikon. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the D8, I mean, one of these days, believe me, I'm, I'm um, you know, salivating over the D850, but that's going to have to wait a little bit. So. Sure, yeah. Or maybe the Z7, you know. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, yes. Yeah. Um, you, when you did your takeover for us on Instagram, you posted this really cool, quick little vlog uh, kind of tracking your journey from where did you went from devil's devil's garden, garden valley, of the gods. valley of the gods that's right um and you had a little uh little quick you know intro to astrophotography you showed photo pills and and, and did a, a quick uh, kind of uh you know run through of that and then you just recently started a youtube channel yes um are those is are the things that you cover on your youtube channel or are planning i guess because you you've just started um, similar to what you put in that vlog, is it going to be more of the process stuff of like tracking those journeys, or what? What are you going to cover in that? Um, it's going to be, I would say, tutorial based, with probably a little vlogging now and then. Uh, I don't want it to be. Don't think that the first episode is going to necessarily be. It's not going to be a talking head mm-hmm. channel. Um, I will say that the little IG stories I was posting for you guys was was border cheesy to me because I want to be more cinematic. Sure. <laughs> but I thought, well, that's all I can do right now. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, I want it to be um, cinematic uh, and professional, but also have a fun vibe, you know, because my lifestyle is very much hand-in-hand with what I'm doing. I've mm-hmm. got two great dogs. I'm a gal in a truck who drives dirt roads, and I kind of like that. I want to, I want, and I'll, even for other, for other women out there, just say, hey, you know, be a free spirit, you know. 
get out, enjoy, and especially even with my, my first series for YouTube is uh, night photography. So I think that's an area where, um, you know, people are excited about it. The technology keeps getting better. Uh, enabling people to get out there and do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm amazed at the hunger. You think there's so many videos, but there's an, always an audience and people are always coming online. You know, you'll you'll read about, you know, somebody who's doing really well on Instagram and you figure out that you find out from them that they picked up a camera 2 years ago. Yeah. So there's always people, you know, coming online. But let me quickly say just I'll I'll plug this really fast. Uh, Royce Bear, who's a Utah uh, native. Um, he's got the Nightscaper Conference. It's the first annual Nightscaper Conference in Moab next year. It's uh, May 1 through the 3rd. And I'm super excited to say I'm a presenter there for night photography. So that's um, a wonderful, I, I almost see myself uh, probably being a little more deep in, in that area just because I've done a lot of it. It seems to be an area where um, I can probably make a little bit more of a difference since the general photographic field and landscape is very saturated. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm probably leaning on that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, Christine, thank you so much for coming. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time to sit down with us. That's great. Um, where can people see your work? Well, my uh, website is www.christinekenyon.com. Okay. Instagram is? And Instagram is at Christine Kenyon Photo. And then you mentioned the Nightscapers Conference, and that's May of 2019. Yes, correct. And, okay. and yeah, and my workshops, I, I have workshops of they they've sold out in five days, which blew me away. Wow. <laughs> but um, but yeah, if, if there's still some seats left, I think there are about 25 seats to the conference left, and there's some incredible speakers. So um, Nightscaper.com would be the place to go for that. Okay, great. Well, uh, hopefully people will check that out. Hopefully people will check out uh, your stuff and see some of your incredible work. Thank you. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks to Christine for sitting down with us. You can find more of her work at the links in our show notes, as well as all the gear that she recommended in this episode. Be sure to check out PictureLine.com for information on education and workshops we have coming up, as well as all of our products for rental and purchase. Thanks to Rode for furnishing our audio equipment. You can shop Rode at the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm Jacob Norwood, and we'll see you next week.